it's it's all really about staying top of mind as a brand and there's many ways that you can do that but the smartest way that i've seen um, in the past few years is community marketing which at the end of the day if you're running a store there's going to be a reason why you started that that company why you started you know selling those products so if you share that story and and your customers kind of like resonate with that story there you go you have an angle there to create a connection with your customers more than just here's my product here's how you can buy it you're listening to ecomonics a debutify podcast your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age this is joseph I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. One of the difficult lines to walk on is finding a way to effectively promote your business and brand while also coming across as genuine. Thankfully, this doesn't last too long in the arena of philosophy because my guest, Raul Galera of Referral Candy, joins me today to talk about a tangible solution to this problem. Raul Galera, how you doing today? How you feeling? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to have you here on Ecomotics. Um, I've got the uh, the luxury to check out your your business and find out what you're all about, but it is not my place to explain it to the audience. Some well. Some people do, some people don't. Everybody has a different <laughs> view on how podcasts should be run. This is mine. So tell us what you do and tell us what you're up to these days. Yeah, so uh, Referral Candy is an app for uh, e-commerce brands, and we allow them to basically set up and run customer referral programs, uh, which is a, a very easy way for them to uh, turn uh, one-time customers into repeat customers, um, and at the same time, turn their customer base into their sales team. That's kind of like the way that I like to describe it best. Um, and I am personally the the chief advocate uh, here at Referral Candy. Um, I've been overseeing partnerships for the past uh, almost five years. So yeah, my role is basically to um, be in touch with other players in the e-commerce industry. So um, agencies, platforms, SaaS companies, uh, media, et cetera. And 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 shows such as ours as well. So yeah, you've, exactly. you've, you've 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 been on the podcast circuit. I've got a chance to listen to uh, some of the other content uh, that you've been on. So it's always it's always uh, helpful. I wouldn't think I will do by the way in the moments leading up to the interview. Uh, I'll have my headphones on and I'll listen to somebody else's. So at least that way I'm like just kind of getting used to the person's vibe a little bit more before jumping in. I'm not I'm uh, I'm not much for going in blind. So uh, that's where I'm with that. So. One of the things I always like to ask any uh, agency or service is the origin of the company. So what is the origin of Referral Candy and what problem did it set out to solve that it identified in the market that was going unsolved at that time? Yeah. So the company started in uh, 2009, between 2009 and 10. So it's, it's been around for a while. Um, and uh, the two founders, uh, which uh, they're originally from, from Singapore, actually were a Singapore-based company. Back then, uh, the idea came up during a, a conversation over lunch with a friend that was starting an online store. Again, an online store in 2009, 2010. So <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been quite a while. Um, and so this, this friend of, of the founders um, was telling them that you know, basically, I mean, the, the store was doing well, but he knew that his customers had friends who would be interested in the products. And he was wondering if there was a way to kind of like incentivize that word of mouth. He knew that word of mouth was happening already, um, that customers that were buying from him were probably um, telling their friends and family about it. And so he wanted to incentivize that. And that was also kind of like the rise of, of social media, which is feels kind of weird to say these days that, you know, social media was on the rise. Uh, we take it as a you know daily life uh, now. But uh, yeah, Facebook uh, was, you know, not necessarily just starting, but it was becoming you know, a lot more popular, especially uh, internationally. And so they wanted to find a way to kind of leverage that. And so they came up with a very kind of like simple solution to allow uh, people to refer their friends by using referral links. Um, and that was the origin of the company. And fast forward to today, we are uh, a company with about 50 people in several countries. Uh, so yeah, it's been quite a ride. Mm -hmm. and, and you make an, uh, a good point about Facebook, because one thing that I observed being a Facebook user since I was in high school, which is well, a while ago, is at one point Facebook was more of a it's like a, a living breathing yearbook where everything that people had done was uh, posted there um, to you know reminisce even if it was something that was a day ago it's like oh yeah I remember that just like it was yesterday because it was and it, and then more of that whole nostalgic feeling whereas and then there was a shift where Facebook transformed from that into more of the town square 
we're to the point now where anything happening on Facebook is, well, in many cases, live because there are things now happening on Facebook that are happening right away. And so what I'm seeing is a, a, a similar path with this company. And I guess a lot of other uh, different uh, e-commerce uh, brands, uh, some in the space, are recognizing that the internet is going from passive and strictly like a referential material or utility for people who were using it online at the time to more like an active when now people are actually pursuing a lifestyle based off what they do on the internet, especially with the emergence of social media. Yeah, I mean, and also, I mean, that's definitely been part of uh, the growth of, I mean, not necessarily just our company, but, you know, e-commerce in general. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, and the fact that, um, like you said, people that, you know, can, can start, you know, doing, uh, earning a, a living in uh, an just by you know, participating on social media, by having an account where they are, you know, kind of like experts on a very specific field. Um, I mean, I always like to say that there are influencers for absolutely every niche out there. Um, and so you don't necessarily have to be, you know, the kind of like the, the famous actor, or famous athlete, or, you know, the guy that's posing in front of a, a, you know, an expensive car to, to have thousands of, of followers. Um, that has definitely helped. Um, I mean, there's an entire kind of like marketing industry around influencer marketing, referral marketing, obviously, it's part of that because at the end of the day, we're talking about recommendations. These people are famous on social media for a reason, and they have a reputation on on live, but also um, as a person that they need to, uh, well, they need to kind of like maintain that reputation. And so that also comes with the type of products that they're recommending. So when you're getting a recommendation from somebody, uh, from you know somebody that, again, that's an influencer in a specific field, Again, if the product that they're recommending is not good, the reputation might be on the line. So uh, that's that has helped a lot um, to a lot of companies, uh, to especially commerce brands, to uh, figure it out which which one of these influencers we want to work with. A lot of companies have been able to grow, uh, you know, to to millions of dollars in revenue just by working with influencers or by using that strategy as a kind of like the main pillar of their of their marketing uh, mix. So yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 helped a lot of people. I mean, it's it, again, social media has become something that's just you know, part of our of our lives. But you know, only uh, not not only for you know for like our personal lives, but also in terms of businesses for brands and for individuals as well. Uh, I mean, it's a uh, it, it's it's a really fast moving industry in the sense that you know what worked uh, a few years ago might not work now. I mean, definitely doesn't work now, <laughs> uh, especially after twenty twenty. We've seen a lot of shifts uh, in in the e-commerce world, so uh, so yeah, it's 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 a it's a living organism, and it's definitely uh, very interesting to watch right now. Mm-hmm. You you mentioned uh, celebrities uh, earlier in that as well, and one thing that I find interesting is how celebrities are re- well. I mean, they're still revered to this day, but I think the reverence was different when you would only see them basically on movie screens or if you just managed to catch uh, um, uh, an issue of the National Enquirer and there was a photo of them, you know, walking down the street, uh, flipping up the the photographer. Um, Whereas now what I find interesting about social media is that it, it puts them all on the same level and it frames everybody the same way. So somebody who might be a famous actress to millions of people, somebody who I may never, never seen, I would actually be introduced to that person for the first time based off their social media presence. And I'm, and their reputation might be based off that and not based off of whatever else that is that they're known for. They're known for. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and again, it's, it's created a kind of like a new vertical of famous people. It, you know, if you, if you, if you would call it like, and, and yeah, and also I feel like uh, there is a difference in how let's say traditional celebrities are using social media versus, you know, influencers um especially those influencers influencers that are in the somewhat educational field like you know you have people on on you know on instagram that have accounts about you know uh let's say renovating you know vans um and uh you know renovating houses or like you know there there's people that are there are specialized in, in cleaning products and you know they have massive accounts where they're just giving knowledge away uh so i would make a difference between those people uh that are kind of like providing quality content and people follow them because of what they offer is it's good and it's entertaining or, or at least educational. Uh, and then kind of traditional celebrities that we just follow because we know who they are. And, you know, we, and, and I think uh, they've put them all on the same level, uh, but I feel like the relationship that they might have with uh, sponsors in this case, e-commerce brands, uh, it's different. And what I've, what I'm seeing is that um, smaller brands uh, or actually not necessarily smaller brands, but, you know, brands, probably prefer to work with an influencer from their field rather than kind of like going the traditional route of having an ad with a famous celebrity. So again, uh, there's still 
pretty like pretty separated uh, just because of the content that they offer, in my opinion. Well, you know, um, I just had a I just had a breakthrough because I think when we use the term celebrity, it immediately connotates actors and actresses. And I guess maybe to a lesser extent to musicians, but even that's relevant to the point that I'm making in uh, famous in the media, famous in the arts. But then you mentioned, um, you know, renovations, renovating vans or or houses and reminded me of um, Mike Rowe. Oh, yeah. Who is a he's he's a celebrity, but he's a and yes, he's he's gone. He is on TV, but he's a he's a celebrity a tradesman i'm not sure it was like his, his exact term for it so in a way you know when you look at the term celebrity and this is how the term itself can broaden out regardless of what field they're in even if they're they're an influencer on instagram is the root word of it is celebration so it is a celebration of what they do and it elevates it to a level that it can influence many others at scale so you can have celebrity musicians the celebrity actors celebrity craftspeople, celebrity tradespeople, um, a celebrity carpenter. So in that sense, um, any, anybody could be a celebrity for, for, for different, for varying reasons. I just, I just, I don't know. I just had that breakthrough right now. It never really occurred to me before. And I'm, I'm getting on in years. Yeah, I know. And, and, and again, like right now we have this massive venue, uh, for, like you said, I mean, pretty much anybody to get famous. Um, you know, you might have like kind of like a weird skill that maybe only your friends and family knew about, uh, all of a sudden you can share with millions of people and, and all of a sudden people love what you're doing and, and they want to learn from you. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's probably, probably like, uh, making the field a little bit more even for, for everybody that wants to kind of like make it out there or sometimes people that you know, accidentally make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's accidentally, and then there's accidentally. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> PR accidental. Yeah. Right, right. Well, one thing that stuck out from what you had, uh, how you had described your company is the idea of turning the uh, customers into, into influencers, but also turn them into a sales team. And that to me elevates them to a level where not only are they customers, but, and not only are they valued assets, I mean, those two are pretty much hand in hand anyways, but now that they've become an active participant in the promotion well-being of the company. And one thing that I pick up in a a different podcast that I listen to that discusses economics uh, a great deal, uh, they refer to the difference between a shareholder and a stakeholder. You got shareholders for people who are like putting money into it and they're actually expecting dividends or or results or profits. But then a stakeholder um, is somebody who is invested in it in a different way, whether it's an emotional investment, they uh, they assign their brands to it in some way. Um, I am both a shareholder and a stakeholder in Nintendo. I bought I bought stocks in them uh, not, uh, not too long ago, and I also have a tattoo of the Triforce on my hand, so I'm full-on branded. So my, um, my relationship with Nintendo can have uh, a drastic influence on on them the more the 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 larger my profile grows even though nintendo isn't too relevant in the e-commerce space but you know it's 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 interesting to point out so like when you say sales team i i would like to know what however specific this can get is what exactly does that say about the behavior of the of the customer and how does myself as a seller, which I am, by the way, I have, i'm doing my own store now because i can only do so many episodes of this and not want to run a store is at what point am I drawing this distinction between, um, you know, influencers or um, just general customers, assets? When do they become part of that sales team? When are they that important to me? Yeah, that's that's a really really good question. Um, Thank you. I worked hard on it. So, <laughs> um, so I mean, I, I always like to say that customers are the best salespeople that any company can can have, um, and there's several reasons for that. The first one is that they they trust the product or the service. In this case, we're talking about e-commerce, so the product. Um, and they trust in they, they trust the product so much, and they believe in the in the in the product so much that we're willing to pay for it. So you know, a, a lot of salespeople wouldn't be you know uh, willing to put their own money into the product that they're selling. Yeah, yeah, I've done I've done sales. I mean, I worked at a one store. I worked at a fossil and. I was willing to put my money into half the product. The other half was like purses and apparel and stuff like that. I'm, like, I'm sure it's <laughs> <Yeah>. nice. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. So, so you know, these are people that are are coming to you uh, because they're interested in the product, and then they have received the product. They liked it. They had a good kind of like you know shopping experience overall, and they're they're just happy with it. So again, they they trust they trust the product and they see the benefits of it. Now, uh, the second reason why I think that that they're really good uh, salespeople is because they are not necessarily motivated by money to refer you to their friends and family. They they're motivated because they they just want to provide 
you know, a recommendation to somebody that they, they like. I mean, think about what was the last time that you, you know, do you watch a new, you know, Netflix show or, or, you know, a new movie or a new restaurant or whatever it is, uh, because somebody recommended it to you. So, you know, we get recommendations all the time and a good portion of our decisions come from recommendations, especially from those, from people that we trust and kind of circling back on the, uh, on the influencer part, that could also be, you know, kind of like people that we trust people that we're, we've been following their, uh, their journey on social media. And we kind of like trust them on, on making several decisions. And we might make a product decision based on something that we've seen online from somebody that we think and knows what they're talking about. So, so that'll be the second reason. And then the third reason, um, is that the audience, of, of your customers, which are friends and family, don't see that person as a salesperson. They see them as a, as a friend or a family member. So, um, and they know that that person's not gonna recommend them something that it's not gonna be useful for them uh, just because they're getting you know a discount on a future purchase or just because they're, they're getting cash. So, you know, I always like to say, and this is something I, I tell brands when we have, you know, demo calls is that if you are a store that is that has a, a good product and you have kind of like a successful brand and an overall good shopping experience and your customers are happy buying from you, you are already getting referral sales. Like you already have word of mouth happening in your store because you're because people naturally share what they do and shopping it's it's part of our uh, part of what we do. And especially after 2020, it's it's something that we do a lot. Um, and so what our referral program can do is to incentivize those people to go out and refer even more because, uh, you know, you can ask your customer base, you know, will you be willing to refer us to a friend, to, to your friends and family? And they can, 80% of them will reply yes, but only about half of those will actually end up doing it. And that's not because they don't like your brand, just because they're just busy. Um, so having a referral program that you know, automates the whole process and, and kind of like not reminds them about the program and notifies them about, you know, uh, uh, ways that they can refer and everything makes it a lot easier and makes conversions a lot higher. But the the concept of referrals, it's just something, it's, it's organic. It's part of our human nature, basically. Yeah, and I'd, I'd like to touch on the psychology of that for a moment, just so that we can uh, help our audience understand on a, on a deeper level where this motivation comes from. And I'll use myself as an example, because I love throwing myself into the crucible, which is, <laughs> you know, what I've wanted for years was um, a soda stream. Um, it, hmm. You know what it is? Yep, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And we finally got one uh, a week and a half ago, and I have been uh, carbonating my, my beverages nonstop ever since. <laughs> And I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just thrilled about it. And, and I, and I enjoy talking about it like I'm doing right now. And I'm talking to my friends about it. And I, and I, and I, next time I talk to my mom, I'm like, ma, I'm telling you to get this. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta get it. I don't know if I'm going to get any like referral code out of, out of, out of SodaStream. But the reason why I'm doing it anyways is because I want to validate my own decision as well by comparing it and by confronting it with other people i think that there there is also a reluctance say like if somebody is into a particular brand of music and they're shy to share it then if somebody says well, your music is, is trash then actually that can you know that can really hurt and it invalidates their decision or in some cases redoubles their resolve because maybe the outsider is part of the appeal but that's getting into a level of psychology i don't really uh want to go back to so 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 there's so there's that that element there it's um, it's just that positive validation for it. And I think there's also, and this credits to my uh, my YouTube counterpart, uh, Connor, who uh, introduced me to the concept of recency bias, which is when a purchase is fresh on somebody's mind or an acquisition is fresh on somebody's mind, especially the first time that they've gotten it, as opposed to maybe something that they get routinely like, well, I mean, I subscribe to Quip, so I get new tooth uh, uh, <laughs> toothbrush heads. Mm -hmm. every every three months so you know my enthusiasm is at the like the highest point and maybe not by like the sixth time i've gotten a toothbrush head now it's gone to the point where i'm like ooh, male oh it's a toothbrush great <laughs> Gee, thanks yeah. i guess some, some of this will have to do uh to turn this into a question uh towards you is that recency bias is that you know the time of purchase that would probably be the most critical point to uh, capitalize on the enthusiasm. So I want to hear about uh, any any evidence that speaks to that. I'm sure there's mountains of it, but I would also like to hear about how to retain that interest if it's possible um, past that first point of acquisition. That's a really good point, um, and, and I, I I typically like to. Uh, that's actually something that I um, it makes a lot of sense. I hadn't really thought about the fact that. Um, people refer because they want to validate their own choices. Um, I always kind of like the one of the main explanations that I've always thought about, uh, which I guess kind of correlates to to what you mentioned, is the is the fact that we like to 
uh, we kind of like to be the hunters, you know, like we like to be the people that find something new, something cool and bring it back uh, to the group and like, Hey, look at what I found, you know? So it's, 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 it's pretty, pretty similar in that, in that sense, but I really like that concept. And if you don't mind, I'll, I'll, I'll use it from, from now on as well. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, go, yeah, go for it. I mean, if I had a if I had a program to like give you some code for that or something I, like I, that, I code for you saying yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> hey, if, it, if it's anybody else in the e-commerce space, uh, don't you know? Feel free to credit me so they can uh, be a guest on the show. I'm just yeah. I'll I'll, def- I'll definitely credit you. Okay, when yeah, I, cool. when I yeah, we, have, we have a deal. I promise. So we were talking about well, yeah, kind of like a, a different uh, touch points. So yeah, that's that's a really good point, and that's one of the things that we do recommend. Um, clients to do when they run a referral program is that you know kind of capitalize on the attention of of the client because again, you know we're we're surrounded by you know content marketing and so uh, you know ads everywhere so you know we we cannot lose our attention fairly quickly and we are also uh, I mean as consumers uh, we're pretty good at avoiding ads so you know we we always ask brands to kind of capitalize on the attention that they have from from the client and part of that attention is after they make a purchase. So especially if it's a new client and they just made a new purchase, we're trying to capitalize on the time that they are still interacting with you. So whether that is, you know, by kind of like showing them a pop-up after the purchase with information about the referral program or what other brands do, which I also think it's really smart, it's to not necessarily tell them about the referral program right after they make a purchase, but when they actually receive the product. And some some brands even um, ask for the recommendation after after they kind of like expect the customer to use the product for the first time. Um, so maybe they, they wait kind of like the, the traditional delivery time plus uh, let's say another week for the, for the customers to use the product. And then they hit them with a, with the email. So I think that's really smart because you're, you're capitalizing on the fact that again, the customer has something new uh, in their hands that they're using, they're, they're excited about it. They're using it. And then, uh, and then you ask them to, to share um, how to capitalize that down the line. I think it's more, it's not really necessarily uh, necessarily, uh, related to referral marketing itself, but just kind of like as a brand. Um, so one of the things that uh, one of the trends that we've we've seen in the past few years that down the line in the next few years is going to become something that any brand that wants to stay in business will have to get into. It's it's community marketing, um, and it's it's not. This as, is a new concept. I haven't heard of it before. Oh yeah, so it's basically. I mean, the the kind of like the basic concept of it is to is to build a community around your brand. So uh, you know, it doesn't have to be. Uh, it doesn't have to be a Facebook group. It doesn't have to be. Um, you know, an online forum. It doesn't have to be a Slack channel. You know, not necessarily that the, the kind of like the format of it. It's pretty uh, open to you know whatever brands want wants want to do. Um, but it's about it's about the idea that. All of your customers, and now I'm speaking as a brand, all of your customers uh, have something in common. So if you are selling, I always give the same example. If you're selling basketball clothes or basketball shoes, um, all of your customers have something in common, which is the fact that they like basketball. So if you're going to produce content or if you're going to kind of like put them in touch uh, with each other, create a community, like an actual community around your customer base, it has to be about basketball. It's, it's not going to be about your brand. It's not going to be about your products. It's not going to be about your deals and promotions and, and Black Friday or anything like that. It's going to be a community where people can share uh, content about basketball, discuss basketball, um, and just you know, kind of like share that those interests that they have in common. So it's not necessarily about the 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 company itself. For example, we have uh, one of our clients. Uh, it's called uh, a box of stories. Uh, they're from the UK and they sell books, uh, which is you know, a highly competitive market, uh, considering that, you know, there's Amazon, there's book depository, there's, you know, tons of companies that sell books uh, online. So and growing illiteracy. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so what, one of the, th- I mean, and, and one of the things that they've done, uh, they've done several things to make their product appealing, uh, to, to kind of like the customer base. But one of the things that they've done is that they have created, uh, they asked their customers if they would like to join a Facebook group, uh, about, books. So that's literally it. They don't necessarily talk about a box of stories or they don't discuss, you know, like support issues or, and a lot of people that join the community don't know that it's actually um, kind of like a branded community because there's not a lot of branding around, but, but you can tell, I mean, you, there's kind of like, you know, some touch points where you, you can see the name of the company, but again, it's not, what I'm trying to say is that they don't do, they don't market it aggressively and they don't try to turn it into a sales channel, a direct sales channel. Uh, it's just a community where people that like to read discuss books, which is great. And at the end of the day, a lot of a lot of those people will end up either becoming customers or if they are customers, will probably stay around for a while because they they resonate with the brand and they like what the, what the brand's doing. So again, uh, it, it's it's all really about staying top of mind as a brand. And there's many ways that you can do that. But 
the smartest way that I've seen um, in the past few years is community marketing, which at the end of the day, if you are a brand, if you're, if you're running a store, uh, there's going to be a reason behind it. There's going to be a reason why you started that, that company, why you started, you know, selling those products. So if you share that story and, and your customers kind of like resonate with that story, there you go. You have an angle there to create a connection with your customers more than just here's my product here's how you can buy it. I think that's a great um, observation just about, you know, you don't want the customer to be too inundated with um, the more, I guess, the more the intentional promotion because then the customers will feel like, why am I in this Facebook page? I'm just being, I'm just being marketed to constantly. I'm already being marketed to by a bunch of other times. I can't even go to my fridge, my fridge. It's got the screen on the wall. It's trying to sell me on new food. So, so that's part I understand. And I think it also is part of a much larger, I guess, mission or secondary objective that I have personally with the show is to condition my audience to understand that if you're going to get into a business or if you're going to get into business, you know, you got to mean it. And there has to be an underlying idea and and not just to come across as a, a, a saccharine, but also to help filter out what strategy uh, I want to go for, what products I want to go for, what channels, what marketing channels fit my brand. I, I'm at, I mean, at, at this point, I have talked to so many people, there is no physical way, shape or form. I could integrate everybody into it, but it's really important for me to know what it is that I want to do. So in that way, I can curate all of these different options, um, such as yourself in this case. I'm going to have to ask, I almost feel like, I almost feel bad about asking this question, um, but I kind of have to because I think some people in my audience are wondering about at what point do you run a sale in that community page or how does it translate into conversions in one way, shape or form? I, again, I'm kind of sorry to ask, but it is no, a no, bottom line kind of question. So I had to get it in there. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think at the end of the day, honestly, I, I would try to keep your community content as clean as possible. Um, I think that there's, there is room for promotions. Um, if these people are in your community, that also means they're probably in their email list and sending them an email with a promo. It's, I mean, it's super common these days that are not, nobody's going to get, you know, like offended if they're going to question why they're getting a promotion, but they might, they might get, uh, they might, uh, raise an eyebrow if, uh, they suddenly see the brand, uh, launching kind of like a flash sale in one of these channels that are supposed to be for conversation or for educational content. So again, the, the, the community doesn't have to be necessarily like an actual place where people discuss ideas. It could be, uh, we have uh, one of our clients that they're just running a blog where they actually talk about kind of how they manufacture their products. And they talk in the interview, uh, the, the the manufacturers in the interview, kind of like, you know, people that are, you know, in, in the community around the, the, the store itself and the kind of like the, the production process. So again, doesn't really have to be, but, you know, but it will look weird if in the middle of that blog post or in the middle of those like kind of interview series, they would, you know, enter some sort of like promo code. So, um, I think, I think this is work that it's necessary for brands to do, uh, to stay top of mind, to kind of like show the backstage of the company that, that let's say non-commercial side of it, like the, the reason, the mission, why they're in business. Um, and if you, and if you add promotions or if you add like kind of like very clear call to actions, it, it, it might, it might end up being negative towards that particular channel. And also because, I mean, I don't think that, and just because you're not necessarily running promotions or you're not necessarily running aggressive marketing, you know, attribution, it's, it's difficult for those channels. You know, you can't, you can't really tell if uh, your community of, of, you know, like your discussion site, it's actually driving your new sales because you're not, adding links or you're not, you know, adding any sort of like, again, like at, attribution parameters. So, so you can say, okay, this purchase came from here. I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the same with PR, you know, like I'm, I'm not into PR, so I'm, I'm sure there are, there are ways that you can track kind of like a PR action, but at this point it's more about like expressing the company's mission, the company voice. Um, and I think it's just necessary overall to do. And I think there are also better channels um, to run promotions. Like I've talked to companies about the referral programs and they were, they would ask me like, Oh, you know, how can we like promote it, um, on, you know, how, how can we like promote the referral program? So more customers know about it. And I've suggested using, uh, their Instagram account and, and they say, no, 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 Instagram is just for, uh, you know, kind of like 
like content about the products here. So like, you know, like beautiful pictures and, and you know, like, can I aspirational content? So we don't want to put any promotions there, uh, but we can share it on, on our Facebook page. So, you know, turns out that they, they kind of like have two different ways of connecting with customers, depending on the platform they're on. So again, it, it's, it's really, uh, it's really about like, you know, kind of like choosing the channels in which you're going to connect with your customers, not as customers, but as people that they share the same ideas as you keep it that way. Um, and then if they're also in the other channels that are more promotional, like I said, you know, email or SMS, that's kind of like, you know, that's perfectly fine uh, to kind of hit them with a promotion. If they're part of the overall community of the, of the company, there's different ways that you can, you can reach them with, with, with the right channel. Well, you know, when I asked the question, I thought you were just going to say, well, every three months should be good. But in reality, it really is about <laughs> understanding the DNA of each yeah. particular um, uh, pillar of whatever, wherever your brand is. Um, so, so for instance, that, well, your, your example uh, for them, Instagram is very specifically about the photography and the imagery and the uplifting content. I guess, I guess the story wouldn't be such a bad place because it's impermanent anyways. So it's not like if I go to an Instagram page and I'm scrolling through all the photos, I don't want to be inundated with all these promotions. I'm just going to feel like, okay, well, this is not really quality use of my time versus seeing a bunch of beautiful photos. But on the stories, I'm just, and honestly, just in order to do my market research, that is where I do the majority of like just keeping tabs of what e-commerce brands are doing right now is my Instagram stories. I'm already in the habit of it. I already do it anyway. So I just kind of, I, I just come to expect it from there. It's great. It's like, it's like a, it's like a 20 minute, uh, uh, hyper ADD TV show where it's just like every 10 <laughs> seconds or something. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so there was another thing that I was uh, wondering about too, and this gets into maybe a bit of a, a headier topic, but I think one of the challenges is the line between the sincerity of um, talking about a product and it being a business while also the, you know, being able to have convincing copy or uh, uh, convincing referral. Now, as far as what happens in on the customer side or the advocate side, you know, we can, we can talk about that. I think this is more the challenge of the brand itself is you know, how to draw that fine line between having that genuine connection with it, but also um, being able to accurately convert customers. Um, now, to be fair, I don't think this is totally 100% um, what referral can, the problem referral candy is out to solve, but I would like to hear your take on it anyways. Oh, yeah. No, I I, I always kind of like have the same answer because uh, this is something that comes up with uh, when, I, when I talk to to brands, and I've probably mentioned this earlier earlier today. I, I mean, the, the fact that a referral program is just here to incentivize something that it's probably already happening in your store. Uh, so a referral program by itself, it's not going to solve a problem with your product or your reputation as a company or you know your support system or your uh, you know purchasing experience in in, in general. So um, if any of those factors. Uh, it's not working correctly, and and that results into your customers not being happy with the purchase that you've they, they've just made. No referral program can 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 solve that at all. Um, so a referral program is something that you know if you look at the post purchase cycle, uh, it's something that comes up after uh, at, again after you're sure that your customers are happy with the purchase that you've they, they've just made. And even if even if something went wrong, uh, if you have a system, a support system that's there to help them and kind of like proactively solve their problem, they'll still be happy. And it's it's possible that even if they didn't didn't like the product, or even if they, the product wasn't for them, but they had kind of like a you know an easy return, um, you know, uh, kind of like product return uh, process, those probably still recommended because the overall uh, transaction was you know was was uh, satisfactory on their end. So. Yeah, it it's it has to do more with. I mean, if bottom line is if you don't have a good product, uh, if your customers are not happy, you know, do you gotta fix those those problems first before you, you know, consider about having a referral program uh, solve it for you? Because uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, no customer is going to refer you to a friend or a family member um, if they didn't even believe in the product in the first place. You know, there can be a a point where it gets a little bit too positive and there's um and i'll give you a specific example so uh, i ordered I, i'm using i actually I, i'm not even going to say the name of the brand because this is how worried i am that i might do them some damage instead of doing them some good so i'm using them for for about a year uh and some of my long 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 time listeners might figure out who it is and i ordered a comparable product for my girlfriend but it wasn't a good fit for her and I think some of this had to do with the product and COVID worries and shipping back and forth. They said, you know what, we'll give you the money back and you can keep the product. And I said, oh, 
All right. Well, you know, my, my Mother's Day gift is uh, sorted out this year, I suppose. <laughs> and and I didn't I haven't told anybody because I don't want anybody to take advantage of that. I don't want anybody to say like, oh, OK, well, I guess I'll just order it, too. And I'll just say I don't like it. I mean, they I guess they have my purchase on file. And so they know, OK, well, this guy he's purchased from us in the past. So they can cross reference that. But what I mean, what if they didn't? So have you had any, any experience along those lines where maybe like somebody got like a little bit too generous or just like finding the right balance between what exactly rewards, which we should get into, by the way, which is what are yeah. some of the ideal rewards that we want to uh, we want our customers to uh, have as a takeaway. And one other thing I'd like to add just to add a little bit more spice into this. I looked at the case studies for some of the different companies and it's wildly distinctive. There's cosmetic brands, and then obviously my eye was drawn right to the cryptocurrency one because I'm I'm a tiny little bit of a crypto guy, and the 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 referrals the the rewards have to be different from those two points. So uh, I'd love to hear more about that. Just like the what are the ideal rewards you want to give, and I guess maybe some tiers too, like depending on the customer activity. Yeah. So. I mean, we, we have kind of like the same structures for everybody. Um, it's just a, a matter of um, like what the actual uh, reward looks like uh, on, on the brand. Like, you know, what if they want to get a percentage off or what, you know, how much uh, or how big of a percentage off they want to give or if it's like a fixed dollar amount. Also, you know, what what, what dollar amount they want to give uh, as a discount or if they want to give cash. Uh, so those are options that we just kind of offer directly on on when they set up the the account. So as a rule of thumb and without really getting too deep into like each specific customers, but you know, for anybody that's listening and just wants to get kind of like an overall uh, recommendation, what I like to, um, what I like to say, or like what I would like to, you know, to recommend is that you tie your rewards to your customers uh, purchasing behavior. So if you have customers that are, let's say, let's go back to kind of like the, the product actually. So if you're selling a product that your customers are buying or can potentially buy on a regular basis, um, it's more interesting for everybody to give them uh, a discount towards uh, a future purchase uh, rather than giving them like cash, uh, just because they, you know you want to incentivize them to also come back, not only to get them to refer friends, but also to make another purchase. On the other hand, if you're selling a product that you know your customers are not going to buy you know, anytime soon, uh, then it's probably better to maybe give them a, a, a free gift, um, you know, can be kind of like an accessory to your product or another free product, um, or, or cash. Um, so uh, that's, that's kind of like the rule of thumb on how, how to like make them uh, different. If you're also selling, obviously if you're selling a subscription, you know, I've, I've seen examples of companies that they, they give their customers a free subscription. So like, you know, if you refer a friend next month is on us, but also we'll give your friends, you know, 50% off on their first subscription just so they can try it out because we know they're going to like it so much they're going to stay. Um, so, you know, for every friend that you refer, you'll get a month for free. So that's, that's kind of how it works. So as a rule of thumb, that's that's really how how it works. Then if we get into specific products, uh, you know, there's, there's companies that are, uh, they, I mean, they know what their products like and they know what you know how their customers interact with it. So uh, some some companies prefer to give uh, like a, an additional unit of their of their product. We have a company um, that's been with us for a really long time, and they they sell uh, it's a subscription box for uh, just clothes basically. Um, and so for every friend that you refer, it's not it's not like you get the next month for free. It's just that you get a, a double box that month. So if you refer two friends, you get. Two, like sorry you get your box and, and two more boxes um uh, on a particular month so you get you know like you can potentially uh triple the, the the amount of products that you're getting from the company so yeah they're all they're all pretty different um and I, but i would say that it, that's kind of like the main uh differentiator uh between them it's it's how their customers are interacting with the product and then based on that how much the customer, sorry, how much the company wants to keep them as a recurring customer, or if they just want to, you know, make sure that they're happy with every friend that they're referring and just give them something that uh, will continue to incentivize them to do so. Okay. So out of all of the rewards, uh, I, I'm personally, I'm a little skeptical about giving people a cash reward and it might just because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm putting this together in my mind. So maybe there's just like a, a key point that I'm missing. I guess it sounds, it's funny because it almost goes back to the idea of like, you know, treating them as a sales team. Well, now, well, now they're mm -hmm. so much yeah. so that they're actually being paid for their work. So yep. in that sense, I can, I can see it working, but I'm, not, I'm a little uh, skeptical about the relationship between that and maybe just giving somebody that discount at the, at the uh, point of sale. 
I, I guess I just like to know, like, what are what some of the data you can speak to that has proven that these cash rewards have actually yielded uh, tangible results down the line? They refer to somebody else. Somebody else makes a purchase. You get a, you get you get the profit from that point. So I, I can see it working, but I would like a little bit more clarity on just how to make sure cash is working. Yeah. So I mean that that's a really good point. And and again, it kind of goes back to to the, the purchasing behavior of each one of those companies. So uh, we have a couple of case studies. Uh, so I'll start off by saying that that's not the most common reward. So most of our clients decide to go with uh, either either coupons. Um, I would say coupons is the, the majority of our customers what they what they use because they sell a product that they can. It's it's easy for the customers to kind of come back and 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 buy it again. So if you think about it, there aren't that many stores out there, uh, or at least it's easier to think about stores that sell a product you can you know, possibly buy uh, every, you know, let's say a few times a year, at least than companies that are selling a product that, you know, just so unique that you're never going to buy again or, or not anytime soon. So I'll, I'll give you two examples of, of actually case studies that we have on, on our website. So we have um, uh, Critical Pass, which is a company that's been with us for forever, really. And they sell flashcards for people that are studying for, uh, they, they started by creating flashcards for people that are uh, studying for the, for the bar uh, exam. Uh, but then later on, they started you know, doing it for uh, a bunch of other uh, exams, and that the kind of like the particular uh, characteristic of those customers is that once they buy those flashcards, hopefully they'll pass the exam; they will never need them again. Um, so if they're going to refer their friends, getting a coupon uh, on a future purchase of those flashcards, it's not, they're not going to have any use for it because they'll, they'll never have to buy them again. Right. Um, okay. And so they they gave cash instead, and also because they are working with students that. You know, not they might not have an income, or you know they might be working part time, whatever. They, they might use the cash, you know, and so so that that worked really well for them, and still working really well for for them. Uh, another example that we have, and and you know, if there's one product that you buy, uh, you know, probably once in 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 a decade, it's a mattress. Um, so we've had several mattress companies running referral programs with with us. There's one in our in our case study section, but we've had several of those, and they all had in common that they were. Um, they were either given a cash because again, it just makes sense. You, you bought a new mattress and, you know, you show it to, you know, to somebody that came to visit you like, Hey, look up, you know, what we just bought. Like, you know, it's great. Um, actually I can give you a hundred dollars off on your mattress and I'll get 50 bucks. Uh, because again, there's really no use of giving that person a discount because they're not going to buy another mattress probably, uh, anytime soon. So either that or some sort of, um, like free, free gift, uh, something that's, Maybe related to the product, um, but not necessarily the, the product itself, because again, they, they, they have no use for <laughs> for, a, for a second mattress in this case. So yeah, it, it, like I said, the majority of our of our customers um, uh, go with uh, with a coupon route. I I, I imagine that there is also kind of like this underlying uh, fear of potential fraud. So you know, if you're going to have fraudulent activity happening in your referral program, uh, it's better. You know, if it's better if it's uh, related to coupon codes rather than cash, like giving cash to people that are not necessarily, uh, you know, delivering, you know, uh, the 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 right purchases or valid purchases or whatever. So, uh, for that, from from day one, but especially in the past year, with uh, we have increased our kind of like our security levels and and we've put a lot of emphasis on on our fraud management. And now we give a lot a lot more tools for the merchants to identify potentially fraud fraudulent purchases uh, we we do have our own filters that prevent people from referring themselves or you know kind of like different ways that they could potentially be uh kind of like uh tricking the system but even if they pass those filters we do have kind of like a secondary set of filters uh in which we temporarily approve the referral but we let the customer know and we kind of like ask them to look at it specifically and, and let us know if it's a, a valid purchase. So that kind of removes the risk uh, or at least makes it easier for brands to run referral programs with a little bit more uh, peace of mind that uh, everything's kind of taken care of on the on the back end and making sure that the referrals that they're sending out are going towards you know, valid advocates. You know, you make um, one, one uh, distinction that I drew between both the student as well as you know, whomsoever uh, purchases a mattress is that in student it is a little bit more obvious because they are studying for for their exam. And so they're very likely, if not certainly in debt. And I think there's a lot of similarities to whomsoever might purchase a mattress. I guess some of this has to do with where the mattress brands themselves, like if they're appealing to people who already own a home, but a lot of people are moving into a lot of places 
And oftentimes they need to order a mattress to go with it. And so in a lot of their cases, they might have a lot of other purchases that need to acquire as well. So I can, I can, see, I can see the logic there. So two questions to that. Um, one of them is at what point would say, let's just say I'm, I'm the student and, I, and I'm purchasing it. At what point would I know about this referral program? Would it be advantageous to know before the purchase? So I say, oh, okay, if I do, have you heard about a referral program? Oh, if I, if I refer five people, well, I can shout down the hallway. I, I, can refer to, I can refer 20 people in the span of like five minutes. Maybe do they find out afterwards because at the end of the day, they were, they were going to convert and which is, of course, the responsibility of the brand to, to convert them. So, so I'd like to hear about that. And then the other one I'd like to hear too, and I'll remind you just in case we get uh, lost in the weeds on the first one is, have we ever seen brands refer customers to other brands? Like if there was like a, a, co- a cooperative relationship where, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm selling somebody a mattress so I might want to refer to them to uh, a pillow guy, you know? Yeah, that's, um, I like the second question. Uh, I'll, okay. I'll answer the, 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 the first one. So in that particular referral program, um, I don't know right now, I don't know exactly what's the setup that they have at the moment, but uh, if I remember correctly, back then they had a call to action on their website. So even if we're just browsing the website, uh, you could still sign up for the referral program. And that's actually something a lot of brands do, which in my opinion is really, really smart. Um, and it's the fact that I might be browsing a website that I accidentally stumble upon because I clicked on an ad or you know whatever, um, and I might not be the right customer for it, but I might know somebody. And so if I can get a, a coupon code for my friend, if I can get a referral link and send it to my friends, um, and I can get something in exchange or at least uh, just give something to my friend for that first purchase, um, I'm going to be incentivized to, uh, to do so. Um, and kind of like as a, as a sideline on that, um, we've actually seen referral programs that gave a bigger reward to the friend, uh, rather than the advocate. So, uh, just to kind of like test if people would, were happy to just to share, uh, and didn't really care about what they were getting in return. Uh, we've seen like, you know, companies that were, were offering like double, triple rewards to the first customer rather than, sorry, to the to the first customer, I mean the, the friend in this case, uh, rather than the the existing customer. So uh, so that that has worked really well. But yeah, in that particular company, I think they had a call to action on the website for people uh, to sign up. I think they were also doing some sort of like post purchase uh, email. Um, and then at the same time, uh, I remember that that particular client, uh, the referral program got really famous on online forums of uh, or just you know Facebook groups of people that were studying for the bar because that you know it typically helps to you know answer each other's questions or you know uh, questions about the the process or whatever it is. Uh, just people kind of like to support each other in that in that process. Those referral links actually uh, moved a lot in those in those forums, and that actually helped a lot for the referral program because there there were people basically. Uh, offering discounts for a product that pretty much everybody in the <laughs> in those channels uh, needed, um, and then the second question was about uh, oh companies working with each other. Um, yeah, so that's actually uh, that's actually something that we uh, have been looking into, like potentially getting ourselves uh, and de- developing some sort of product to help brands uh, doing co marketing together, uh, or brands can like doing referral programs in which they can uh, kind of like support each other. There are brands. I mean, I've I've definitely seen brand collaborations uh, where brands, you know, that sell products to the same audience, but their complementary products uh, get together and they run promotions together. Uh, I know that there are some platforms out there that kind of uh, allow that. Uh, but but yeah, there's it's it's definitely it's definitely something that uh, a lot of brands don't don't think about immediately as a as a potential uh, sales channel. But something that, in, at least in in, in SaaS, uh, it's super common. I mean, we're we're doing co-marketing all the time, and we're doing it right now. Um, so it's not that common to see in e-commerce, and it's definitely uh, a new vertical that a lot of brands could explore. Yeah, what was great too, by the way, is that in, in the first of those two questions uh, that I had asked back to back, you had also answered a couple of other ones that I wanted to make sure we got to as well, uh, which is if it was possible for somebody to basically become an ambassador without having purchased anything. And the way you characterize it, I think is excellent because I, I could be in that same position too. I could be scanning through and I'll see a product and I'll say, mm, you know, it's been a while since I've, no, no, in fact, I've never put makeup on my face. I've had people put makeup on my face because I was a background <laughs> actor, but that's a different thing. It's a job, professional. But I can refer that to somebody else and say, "Hey, look, I I, I thought of uh, I, I thought of you, and you know uh, this might this might work out." And then I get a little something extra for it. So, 
that 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 makes sense. And I was definitely curious about that. Uh, the other one I also wanted to, the other one that you answered too was the idea that the referred to ends up getting more than the referrer. And I'm speaking slowly because I have been caught in this semantics trap before where I'm not sure. Do I say refer, referred? I tried doing a referee at some point and then it had turned into a hockey reference. So, But I just want to like just get a little bit of clarification on that because it, um, it sounds to me like if the referred to gets more out of it than the referrer, then the referrer might feel cheesed or or burned by by their effort especially since they're the ones that have already put money into it so uh what, what's the balancing act there in end up getting rewarding or or sorry maybe i maybe i misheard you maybe it turns out it was a bad idea but whatever no, the no, case no. okay no no that yeah that that's uh so i mean it, it's it's not something that we see um all the time uh actually the most common scenario is that both the refer friend and the customer um uh, or in this case let's make it easier the the advocate which is the existing customer that's making the recommendation, the advocate, and the friend uh, get the same reward. So if you remember the, this is the most kind of classic uh, referral program example, Uber. Uh, so Uber was something like give $10, get $10. That's the most typical structure for referral programs that we that we see. It's that both, uh, kind of like both parties get the same reward. Also because it's, it's easier to uh, to pitch as well. Um, if you're talking to a friend, it's like, hey, use my referral link, and we'll both get you know ten dollars uh, uh, on the next purchase. Uh, but but we have seen some examples in which, uh, and I don't I don't really know exactly why they chose that structure. Maybe they were just testing it out, and turns out that incentivized people even more, or maybe because of the nature of the product, it's something that you share more, not necessarily with uh, your you know your social media audience, but more with like your like your close circle of friends, but that's the structure of giving more to the friend uh, rather than the advocate. Again, something that we've seen and something that works really well. And if it works really well, it means that the recommendations uh, are being, uh, you know, kind of like share in a very close circle. Uh, so again, between friends and family, again, it's not something that we see every day, uh, but we do have some cases of uh, extremely successful referral programs that rely in that, in that kind of setup. Okay, good. I, I, I appreciate clearing that one up. By the way, if you're a current user of Debutify or haven't tried us out yet, Debutify version 3 has been released and now is a good time to upgrade or get started as any. A streamlined user interface along with an ever-increasing array of conversion-boosting add-ons is waiting for you. So download today for free and start your journey. Who knows? Maybe I'll be interviewing you before too long. In the interest of trying to ask at least like one um, bizarre question is, is, have you ever seen a a brand or a company, I could, yeah, I guess maybe this isn't too bizarre, but whatever. Have they, has it ever been feasible to say, um, get a VA or, um, a, somebody in maybe in the PR to seek out activity? Like if say I were to type in my brand second space and just to see if anybody is talking about it, has, has ever, has brands ever like gone out and just to see if people were organically talking about it to reel them in? Um, well they can kind of see, I mean, they, they can see it from their, from the referral candy dashboard. Uh, so you can see what, has been the social activity um, around your your brand. So how many times referral links have been shared on Facebook or Twitter? Um, not Instagram because Instagram only allows allows one one link. But uh, you can see your Twitter and Facebook activity. So you know how many people are um, are referring or are sharing the, those referral links on social media. You can see how much traffic your referral program is uh, is generating to your site uh, before you even see kind of like, you know, sales and obviously obviously revenue, that's something you can track as well. Uh, but you can also track that. And then you can also, uh, we also have a section on dashboard where you can see uh, who are your top advocates. So who are uh, the people that are referring the most friends uh, to your store um, and, or generating more, more purchases. Um, so you can kind of like see the traction um, of the referral program just directly in terms of, of numbers. Um, I'm not really sure. I, I, maybe if we're talking about in terms of branding and like how people um, kind of like see the brand out there, um, in my opinion, I feel like the best way to know what your customers think is to uh, ask your customer support team. They, they have the <laughs> they have the best because they, they do get like bad interactions, but also they get really good interactions. I mean, we see it with our own customer support team. Uh, they, they're constantly sharing, you know, good interactions or we see reviews that are directly referencing work done by somebody in our, in our customer success. Um, so yeah, uh, whether it's for kind of like 
your own knowledge of how your company's been seen. I think looking at your customer base and what they're saying, um, it's it's really useful. Uh, and then if you're looking just for for metrics and seeing if your referral program is having any sort of traction, you can see it directly from uh, from your referral candy account. Hmm. Okay. Well, well, that's a fantastic answer to that. Now, um, Raul, we, we don't have uh, too much time left on the program. Uh, there was one other thing that I was, actually two things that I was curious about. Um, one of them is how the the rules or might change if, say, uh, this was strictly in the B2B space. So what I, w- I would argue what, what you're doing is is B2B because your customers are business people themselves. So there's a bit of like a line between like a customer and a business, but you know, it's, you, you can, you can quantify both, uh, both arguments. But if a, if a brand was specifically a, like a B2B brand, um, have you seen, or is that part of like the referral candy strategy to, for, have you seen any major differences, even on the cultural level, a, a uh, for businesses doing referrals for one another? I don't know. I feel like it might be a bit different thing to set up a Facebook community for, for purely for purely in the B2B space. So yeah, I just wondering if you have any experience in that regard. Yeah, I mean the the the, the vast majority of our customers are on on B2C. Uh, so they're e-commerce brands selling to uh consumers or uh, uh, direct-to-consumer brands. Um, we've had, I mean, I, we do get inquiries uh, of companies, uh, and I, I personally talked to a lot of companies that wanted to use uh, referral candy for uh, kind of like a B2B uh, type of setup. Don't get me wrong, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a world in which recommendations, uh, if anything, there are a lot more uh, trusted, I would say, because you know, if you're using you know company budget to acquire a software or product, you're probably looking for recommendations. And if you have another company in the space that you know and that they, they can recommend a, a specific supplier, uh, you know, whatever distributor, whatever it is, uh, you you're probably gonna go with that recommendation because again, it's it's not your money that you're playing with, uh, so you, you want to make sure that you're making the right decision. So B two B recommendations happen all the time. Uh, now that the, the Problem, at least from the kind of like technical perspective, is that uh, in the B two B world, a lot of interactions happen uh, offline. So it's not as quick or it's not as direct as going to an e commerce store, browsing products, uh, going to check out, and making the purchase. It's it involves emails, involves demo calls, uh, involves you know negotiation, you know different pricing structures, all that kind of stuff. So that complicates the setup for a B two B referral program a lot. Uh, or at least doesn't make it you know as easy as as it does it for for e-commerce and obviously the fact that we're optimized for e-commerce um, if we have and we do have brands uh, selling to other brands and doing uh, referral programs but uh, their setup it's a lot more similar to an e-commerce brand than kind of like you know like a SaaS company like we could be. Okay, yeah, that, that that's fair, and and it, it ties back to the you know the very beginning of the concept of you know turning somebody uh, as a customer and having them have more of an active uh, impact in the business. So it's a way of elevating them from a, a C space into a little more of like a C slash B hybrid. So again, it, it comes back to, you know, where the, I guess, the, the gray territory of like, wh- at what point does C stop and B begin? But, you know, the day everyone's, everyone's conducting business, whether they're the purchaser or the supplier. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, I did also see um, Candy Bar. We don't have to like get too much into this, but um, just because whenever I, if I understand this correctly, this is more something somebody can use if they're running like an in-store or in a retail space. So it is cool to see uh, lines being um, uh, created or bridges being built to um, help maintain the retail space as well. So um, how has how, how that, uh, that side of it been going? As uh, Have you seen um, uh, businesses taken to it? And really, like, especially considering the last year, is uh, how uh, this has managed to help people out? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we have, uh, we, we started Candy Bar uh, in 2018, but kind of like 2018 was the first year that we were you know, in, in business. Um, and I mean, it's it's been going really well. I mean, obviously COVID has affected it because the, the, the vast majority of our customers uh, or yeah, I mean, all of our customers from Candy Bar are uh, retail stores. So their activity got affected in one way or another. Um, so we did see uh, a drop in you know usage and, and everything, but you know, we're happy to see that we're kind of like bouncing back to uh, pre-COVID levels. So so that's that's great to see, not only for the product and the company, but also because it means that uh, activity is starting to pick up again. Um, something interesting that we saw uh, during the pandemic um, is that uh, so a lot of these stores might not necessarily have uh, online presence. A lot of them starting to move into online presence, uh, obviously during the first couple months of the pandemic. Um, but we have several features that allows them to kind of like 
pre-sell packages of or or kind of like sell bundles of of or promotions uh, inside of Candy Bar, and that's something that they can like customers can like do remotely. Um, so we saw some usage on on that front, but uh, but yeah, I mean the the way Candy Bar works, and I'll I'll go over it very quickly, uh, is that we allow uh, retail or brick and mortar stores to set up and run uh, customer loyalty programs. So we basically put the traditional physical punch card into your phone uh, without having to download an app or anything like that. It just works directly on your on your phone's browser. There's interaction at the store that needs to happen um, in order to be able to to use it. It's not necessarily connected to uh, an e-commerce platform or some sort of CRM. Um, so, so yeah, the the the, the kind of like the, the usage of Candy Bar uh, has been kind of following the overall trends of how COVID has affected different countries. Okay, well, I, I think it's cool to be able to uh, really identify such a, a far-reaching, uh, massive um, well, crisis. Is, uh, putting it generously with using the, the the data that you've been aggregating and you can see how the activity levels are parallel to, and this comes back to the core of what we just uh, established in the beginning. This is the core of human behavior. People like shopping and we do like going out in person and, and shopping and having that in-person experience. So to see that through line accurately reflects basically everything else that, uh, that goes on. That's, I mean, what, what other product information can really be supplied? So uh, that's an interesting takeaway there. So I think to our audience, there's certainly a lot here to, to consider. And uh, I, I'm, for one, I'm really grateful to have been able to have this conversation with you. Definitely a lot for, for me to soak in and, and think about. Um, I do want to make sure, just in case I didn't cover all the bases, in case there's a stone yet to be unturned, is there anything else you'd like to let us know about the company? Otherwise, we can um, we can let you go. Nothing. I don't think anything that we've we haven't covered. Uh, so once again, thanks for for the invitation. It's been my pleasure. It's been a really 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 good conversation, and I've I've also it, it's allowed me to think about referral marketing in some terms that I hadn't really thought about before. So like I said, I'll, I'll credit you from from now on. Uh, no, I mean, I, I'll just invite anybody to uh, to use uh, referral candy. Um, I, I can send you uh, kind of like a, a, a promotion for your listeners if they would like to to try out referral candy. Um, but yeah, uh, we've again we've been around for uh, for ten years. We're one of the leading companies in the referral marketing space, and and what we allow is to, to brands of any size uh, to run a referral program and potentially turn it into uh, a profitable um, sales channel, uh, which it's it's really important these days considering how expensive it's getting to acquire customers. This is a very cost-effective way of uh, attracting customers. Um, so yeah, happy to help any, any brands out there that are looking for something like that. Uh, fantastic, and and I'm and I'm happy too to hear that um, some of my own ideas have actually had some resonance here. I'd like to believe that whatever community I get to participate in, in this case the e-commerce community, it, it does make me feel good to also know that I'm having little seeds of influence here and there, right? We all want to make sure that we're oh, making yeah. a difference. And so uh, that's, a, that's a great takeaway for me. If, you, if you'd like to end on, if there's like an qu- answer to a question or that people typically don't ask or like a favorite proverb or words of wisdom, anything along those lines, you're welcome to share. And then uh, just remind the audience uh, how to find you and we'll, uh, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. I don't know if I have any like uh, words of wisdom uh, to to share uh, something. Okay. I, I'll share something that I heard last year. Um, I don't know exactly who, uh, said this. Um, so it might invalidate the whole thing, but, um, uh, somebody said that, um, there are decades where nothing happens and there are weeks where decades happen. And that's definitely what happened last year. Uh, so I kind of like, it's a easy way for me to, re- to, to remember that things can change very quickly. Uh, either way <laughs> so it's just uh it's a little reminder um that, that yeah like you, know, you just gotta uh stay you know on top of things and and but be prepared for for you know for uh, whatever might happen which can be positive or, or negative doesn't have to be uh and negative and despite 2020 um and then how to reach me uh via email is the is the best way that you can you can reach me uh so i don't uh, i don't know if we'll we'll kind of leave it in the in the notes uh but it's raul g at rafaelcandy.com feel free to answer any questions uh there or continue the conversation there okay fantastic and doors always open by the way so if you give you guys give you Give yourselves a couple of quarters. You're more than welcome to come back and uh, let us know how things are going. 
Sounds good. All right, fantastic. And to my audience, as always, it's an honor to be able to provide this information to you. Um, so, so thank you very much for all of that. And by the way, guys, you know, after we do the the episode, you do hear that I talk about, hey, do the review. But I'm going to say it again right here, right now, because we uh, we would love to get some reviews. We really want to hear some feedback from you guys. So, uh, whatever platform you use is great iTunes preferred. And then if re- I really want to hear from you guys too. So please podcast at debutify.com. Uh, let me know how things are going and just, just, just to have a, have a conversation with me. Maybe I can uh, help you out a little bit. I, I know a few people, if you know, I, I know a few people at this point. All right, take care and we will check in soon. Thanks for listening. You might've found this show on many number of platforms, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you, so whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to Debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.